BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guarantee. Restrictions apply. See store for details. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. online kfiam640.com forward slash listen and yes i think that this is still the john and ken show even though ken is retired and it will be on monday when i also come back from 1 to 4 p.m and then on tuesday oh we roll up the curtain on the brand new john cobalt show so i'm here to kind of sprinkle the last dirt over the <laughs> remains of the john and ken show oh i know that's probably a downer <laughs> way of uh of announcing that, huh? Hey, Deborah Mark, you just did a story about the Christmas trees. Yeah, and uh, we're at a we're at a, about the the natural Christmas tree versus the artificial Christmas tree. We've always been natural Christmas tree people my whole life, but we're now having the conversation. We're really having a serious conversation about is it time to go plastic? And here's why: because last year we got tree shamed by an eight year old. Uh, we went to a tree lot. We did. We went to a tree lot, and after having a, a coronary, after seeing how much they were charging for the natural, it was like $340. Although for, the artificial ones are pretty expensive, too. The yeah, ones. but then you can, you know, He's, roll it over year yeah, after year. True. This thing was going to be in the house for tops 10 days. Because I'm a big January 1, everything goes away. Everything gets packed up. The lights are down. Everything's gone. It's in the car to go to storage on January 2nd. So... Buy a tree, a little kind of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas tree, kind of bare. It was a rotten Christmas tree. It was small and rotten, and it was 120 stinking dollars. Whew. So uh, I'm carrying it to the car. By the way, uh, one hand, easy. Uh, and as we're walking out of a family, a little Norman Rockwell family comes in with a you know, cherry-cheeked uh, blonde girl. And she says, look, Daddy, look at that little tiny tree. <laughs> And I turn around and I go, $120, sweetheart, $120. Grinch. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I was, uh, my, my, I had an uncle, it was actually my mother's uncle. 
uh, who uh, sold Christmas trees. And my brother and I, we worked on the Christmas tree lot. And it was a real life lesson. I, I'm telling you, this is like 55 years ago, some staggering, shocking amount of time ago. And, uh, and we used to work on the Christmas tree lot with him. And the first thing we did was he gave us a drill, like one of those ones you crank with your hand. And we drill holes in the trunks of the, of the bare sections of the trees. And then with a glue pot, we would dip branches into the glue pot and fill in the bare spots uh, so that he could, he could sell these trees, you know, for top price. So we were basically, it was like Rogaine for Christmas trees <laughs> is really what it was like a hair transplant. And then uh, the worst tree, an unsalvageable tree. Uh, he says, let me show you something. He put a sold tag on it and he put it off on the side all by itself. And he says, watch, we're going to sell that one first. And uh, so my brother and I were watching. And uh, sure enough, some guy comes in. He walks around the lot. He's got his family over there. And then he comes up to Harry. Uh, my uncle Harry says, hey, Harry, how much for that one? He goes, I can't. It's sold. Slips him a $5 bill. Harry walks over, makes a big scene at a snap in the sold tag off. And then, you know, gives us the head shake to tie it to the roof of the car. And when the guy leaves, he says, people don't like to make decisions. And somebody had already decided that was worth having. That's crazy. It's uh, it's kind of human nature, isn't it? It's kind of fascinating. That is. Hmm. All right. Now, somebody explain, am I typhoid McIntyre that I've wiped out KFI's lineup? Because I was here yesterday. Handel wasn't. Conway wasn't. Obviously, Ken retired to avoid running into me. <laughs> John was out. All right. And now I didn't see Bertolucci either, for that matter. Uh, today. Gary and Shannon are out. Conway's still out. John's still out. Uh, I don't even. Mo will be. Mo out. is out. Is it me? I mean, it, just tell you. me. Just it's tell you. me not to fill in. <laughs> All right, save you a lot of hassle. Anyway, I am happy to be here, and we're going to be here till four o'clock. There's a lot to talk about, including we're on Otani watch because word is now bubbling through the baseball universe that he's going to make a decision today. Uh, later on, we'll talk with David Vasse, Mr. Dodgers. And we got a lot to talk about, including goodbye newspapers. And this is an interesting phenomenon because you got half the country is actually rooting for newspapers to fault. Uh, so we're going to talk with uh, Bob Rawich about that uh, in just a bit. But I wanted to start with this story. Uh, Dan Walters wrote about it. Uh, John and Ken actually were talking about it on the last show. That the uh, California budget is is worse than my domestic family budget. It is a disaster. And it's probably worse than your family budget too. And this comes just a couple of days, what, 18 hours after Gavin Newsom was on a television debating with Ron DeSantis. And he was, you know, boasting about California has no peers. California dominates. It's the biggest economy. It's booming. It leads the nation. And as it turns out, the legislative analyst's office, 18 hours later, says not so fast. As a matter of fact, the November income tax filing deadline, seven months uh, later than the original date passed, and tax receipts for 2022 could finally be counted. And they found out that we're $26 billion under projections and, quote, our updated revenue outlook anticipates collections to come in $58 billion below the Budget Act projections across the 2022, 2023 to 2024 and 25 uh, budgets. So this is a staggering uh, budget deficit. 
And we have a $30 billion rainy day fund. And this will swallow that and still leave the state of California over a two-year period in the 40 to $50 billion range in the red. Now, look, I got a BA in English from Stonehill College in Massachusetts. I'm not allowed to take the checkbook out of the house. And the fact that I even still have a checkbook tells you where I'm at, okay? Because I know the rest of you aren't using them. So I'm the last person in the world to do higher math on budgets and things like that. But even I can figure out that we got a problem here because this happens again and again and again. Our tax uh, intake in the state of California is enormous. We're bringing in huge amounts of money. Problem is, once again, we are spending faster than we are even taking in the huge amounts of money. And when we have good days, really good times, because we are so dependent on the top wage earners, for the revenues for the state of California, because we are we are we are feeding from the top of the food chain economically when the markets are tough and we had some market dips in 2022, particularly what happens is with capital gains go down and the state of California all of a sudden has these giant budget holes. Unfortunately, they passed bills up in Sacramento spending appropriations that were going forward as if the good times would never end. And we never learn from this. We never, ever learn from this. And uh, our budget, by the way, the budget for California is an astronomer's number. Uh, the budget is $310.8 billion. 310, that's what, a third of a trillion dollars. It consists of $225.9 billion from the general fund, $82 billion from special funds, and $2.9 billion from bond funds. And the irony with that is that we have a budget of $310.8 billion and nobody's happy. <laughs> it's stunning because I feel like if I went nuts and I took all my credit cards and I went to the mall and I just, you know, caution be damned and just went on a spending binge, you know, go down to the Porsche dealership and then just go buy anything you can think of, I would think that. All right, I know that the uh, the piper must be paid, but at least I'll have a good time in the process. We spent $310 billion, and everybody's complaining that there's not enough money. The roads aren't fixed. The sidewalks aren't fixed. The schools don't have enough money. We don't have money to clean the environment. We can't do anything about the homeless, and on and on and on it goes. So I don't know what we're getting for our $310 billion or how it's being spent but once again, we know they didn't budget properly, and now there's going to be cuts and draconian cuts. The schools are going to feel it. Everybody's going to feel it. Everybody's going to be pointing fingers again, and we'll do the same thing again. The economy will improve. Money will start flowing in. And I guarantee you somebody sitting behind this microphone in the near future will be having the exact same conversation with you again because it's the 20th time I've had this conversation. All right, it's 116. Lots to talk about, including are you too old to have a cat? Uh, I'm McIntyre in for John and Ken. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. McIntyre in for John and Ken and the John Cobalt Show debuts on Tuesday. And I will be back on Monday. Uh, assuming I haven't lost my mind because the cats at home have driven me crazy. You know the crazy cat lady? You hear the phrase crazy cat lady? Well, apparently, a study published uh, in Queensland, the University of Queensland, Australia, actually, Chris Merrill and uh, Layla were talking about this earlier today in for Gary and Shannon, that the concept of a crazy cat lady, apparently, there's a parasite that cats carry that can literally cause schizophrenia. 
That's what the uh, science says. I have two cats right now, and two is the maximum number. In fact, I've talked to Timmy uh, Conway about this many times. Uh, the third cat is the gateway cat. If you cross the line from two to three cats, there's nothing stopping you from ending up with 48. The gateway cat. It is. It's true. <laughs> it's the gateway cat. If you go for three, it's Katie bar the door. Uh, you're just going to be <laughs> one of those people that's having dump trucks put kitty litter in the driveway. And you need a coal shovel to bring it into the litter boxes. Uh, but I've got two. And I'm pretty uh, rigorous about keeping it at that number. But here's the deal. Uh, we lost one about a, a little over a year ago. And my wife and I were talking about it and say, considering our age and considering the fact that we know we're going to replace the cat that just died, instead of waiting an appropriate amount of time, we just went out and got one. All right. We just got a replacement. Lenny the cat. It's an orange cat. And uh, but then I when I was driving home with the cat from the rescue place. And by the way, we didn't rescue the cat. We went and bought the cat from these people who had it. All right. It's not like I, I had to put on gloves and boots or climb a tree or something to rescue the cat, go into a burning building and come out with the cat. I just went down and bought it. Uh, but nonetheless, I got the cat and then I started doing the math and I realized this cat could easily live 15 years. That's a that's a pretty common phenomenon for cats, especially an indoor cat. I got coyotes out where I live, so we lost one once. No more cats going outside. So uh I started doing the math, though. I said, if this cat lives 15 years, I'll be 80. I'll be 80 when the cat is 15. I said, this could be my death cat. This could be the last one. And and by the way, anybody who's lived with cats know that they periodically try to kill you anyway. You know, you're walking across the tile floor somewhere, and they come running right between your legs, and you trip over them. And I, I don't think it's an accident. I think they're out to get us. But that aside... Here's what I found out. Cut two. We're having dinner with some friends, one of whom had just turned 80. And by the way, he's in better shape than I am. And uh, odds are he's going to outlive me. But they went to get a cat and the rescue wouldn't give it to him. They wouldn't give him the cat because they're too old. Now, they don't want to say that. But I'm hearing this from people all over the place, that some of these rescues, they look at the potential adoptee and they say, I don't know, you know, what happens if they go down? Who's going to take care of the cat? Because people say, oh, my kids will take care of the cat, but they're not vetting the kids. So now, like the old days of, uh, of you know, the blacklisted Hollywood writers, you got to get a beard to go in in front for you to get a pussy cat or to get a puppy. Uh, because you got too many, I mean... I mean, this town has always been tough to get old in because of Hollywood. You know, God forbid you have a gray hair or a nose hair or something like that. You're you're done. That's what radio is for, by the way. You can hang out here forever. But uh, but you know, if you're in the movies or television, they don't, you know, you gotta you gotta moisturize. But now apparently you have to have plastic surgery and some uh, Botox in order to go to the animal rescue to get a cat. Uh, and, and you know, I. I know that this is a grim way of putting it, but I, I had a police officer, an LAPD officer, tell me this on the air a bunch of years ago. And I just choose to believe it, even though it could be a Friday the 13th uh, sequel. That if you do go down, if you should go, especially if you own dogs, but if you go down uh, and you live alone and you're there for a while, you know, and you got a dog and no one's coming around, you live alone, you're one of those people and no one's looking after you, and there's certainly nobody coming to look after the dog. The dog, you know, will nudge you for a couple of days, 
And then on day three or four, uh, the exposed portions of the flesh are now just a buffet. You basically, no. you, you basically become the final meal. And uh, the police officer told me that uh, they occasionally find heads in the other room. I, I know that they look at you with those big, literally puppy dog eyes, and they're adorable. But I'm just saying, after three or four days with no food, you start to look like those old cartoons where the fat guy's the hamburger and the skinny guy's the hot dog, and they're chasing themselves, they're chasing each other around the palm tree island. That's what your dog does. They'll turn on you. Anyway, uh, just put that on the list of age discrimination of all the places that, uh, and you would think we just had the story. It was a big story about how the animal shelters are are euthanizing all of these dogs that they're overflowing with pets, cats and dogs that need adoption. And, and the rescues are saying, uh, no, sorry, you're a little too old for this. Uh, it's like you're menudo and you hit puberty. You got to get a new group to sing in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, the newspapers are dying. That's not exactly a secret. But what is the world going to be like when the last one goes away? We may, maybe not me, but you may live to see that day. Your kids will live to see that day. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Uh, but also, I want to invite you tomorrow, Saturday, December 9th, right there on Ventura Boulevard in Woodland Hills. I will be at David K. Books, K-A-Y-E, David K. Books on Ventura Boulevard between Shoop and Fallbrook. Uh, you can't miss it. It's got a big yellow sign. It's on the north side of the street. I'm going to be uh, signing copies of my book, uh, Frank Shadow. And I would love to say hello to you if you want to come on out and say hello. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Online at KFIAM640.com forward slash listen. And uh, coming up in just a bit, we're going to get into that uh, 
the arrest of that bizarre and possibly uh, hate-fueled attack of a grandfather in Calabasas who was punched while walking with his uh, grandchild in a stroller uh, by a guy who may have done this before. And I'll tell you what employees don't want from their bosses at the Christmas party. So we'll get into all that in just a bit. Uh, but uh, in the Los Angeles Daily News, Orange County Register, et cetera, et cetera, the Southern California News Group, which I write, by the way, have been writing a column for for many years. There was an op-ed piece by Bob Rawich about uh, print newspapers dying off and uh, what happens uh, to our democracy when the papers are gone. And uh, Bob is also, uh, for 30 years, he was a senior editor in the newspaper Racket, the former president of the California Society of Newspaper Editors, and the author of A Reporter's Journey, One Happy Life. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show Bob Rawich. Ra Bob, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Appreciate it. Now, I know that you and I are kind of dinosaurs because I, I get three newspapers delivered to the house every day. I, 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 I like the print newspaper. I use all the online stuff. But I like thumbing through the print newspaper and frequently in this racket, uh, the story that becomes the best segment in talk radio is the little one that doesn't show up, obviously, in a Google search. And it's just something that catches your eye. But uh, good luck finding somebody uh, under 55 who uh, even knows what a print newspaper is these days. And the, the demographic shift is profoundly significant here. Well, it is. Um the average age of newspaper readers is now between about 55 and 60 years old, which effectively means that their uh, subscriber base is dying off literally every day with older people passing away, but not younger people coming up to replace them. And the attrition of the newspapers themselves is a stagger staggering. In your, in your piece, you wrote since 20 to 2005, 2,900 daily and weekly newspapers have closed. 130 closed last year, averaging three a week. There's been 57% cuts in uh, newsroom employees uh, across the industry. 1,800 communities, including 524 in California, that used to have at least one newspaper now have none. And the rural and suburban newspapers have taken the biggest hit. So here's the question. The question is... Where do people get their news? If this trend continues, and it's likely to, where do people get the news? Well, I don't think there's any question that the trend is going to continue and, and the pace will probably uh, speed up. Uh, the fact is most people, if they're getting news at all, are getting them through social media platforms, Facebook, Apple News, um, whatever the social uh, medium is that that they're using and the biggest problem that i have with that as much as like you i loved the newspaper career i was almost 29 years at the la times as a reporter and editor but people who read newspapers typically spend 20 minutes or so with them uh people who are reading even the digital versions of newspapers are only spending two or three minutes a day and sometimes no more than 30 seconds to a minute on a story. So they're really getting very few stories in general and no real depth. And my concern, as your opening remarks alluded to, is the impact that that has on democracy, the 
the article made clear there have been various reputable studies that have shown as newspapers have died or vanished, the amount of social engagement that people have in their community drops dramatically, whether it's participation in charitable groups, community groups, that sort of thing. Uh, there was one particular study that Duke University conducted in which they said the local coverage of politics was down 56% in the newspapers that they studied. School board news was down 33%, and that out of 16,000 stories that were analyzed, only about 17% were about local news. That's a lot of percentages, but the bottom line is the average citizen, uh, not even citizen, every res the average resident is more and more ill-informed about what's going on in their community's life. That has an impact on who they vote for, for that matter, whether they vote at all. And that deeply concerns me. We're talking about Bob Rawich. His book is called, uh, it's called A Reporter's Journey, One Happy Life. Uh, I want to go back to the social media concept because I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And it's, I don't understand why people don't understand, don't, don't get how self-defeating this is. When you talk to people, say, well, I don't need the paper. Forget about the print edition. They don't need the online edition because I get my news online. Uh, I get my news from social media. But when you, but social media gets the news from the newspaper. If you look at all of those links on Facebook or on X, whatever whatever Elon Musk is calling it this week, or any place else that things are posted, it's all newspaper. It's not all. It could be television also. But it's all essentially traditional news outlets that have vetted stories and had the resources to send reporters to cover a story and editors, et cetera, et cetera, photographers. And by getting it on, quote unquote, online, the, the online platform is dependent on the newspaper for the most part. And when that source of news is gone, what are we left with? And it's a real profound question. Now, uh, I don't know if you saw... There was a letter to the editor in the Daily News, uh, the L.A. Daily News, after your piece wrote, uh, ran, that kind of represented the, the other part of the problem. Is that in this very, very hyper-partisan time, there are people, I'm going to say on the right, who are actively rooting for newspapers to fail because it's a bunch of left-wing propaganda. And then there are obviously people on the left who uh, looked at corporate media and or Fox News, et cetera, et cetera, and write all of that off. Uh, and how do we get past this? Because we literally have people who have just rejected stories that come from sources that they have a political problem with. Well, one of the problems that surfaced that is connected politically, but it, it's not a partisan issue, is that there have been other studies that show more and more people want to read only that which confirms their existing biases. Uh, it's probably 40 years ago that the L.A. Times, they decided at one point on the editorial page to have something called column left and column right. And they'd have Max Lerner, say, talking about an issue on the left, and George Will talking about the same issue on the right. And the theory, at least on the part of the editors, was, well, this is a good way to 
convey to people their multiple sides to the story, let them make up their own minds. And even back then, they learned after a couple years, and they dropped that feature, that the people on the right were not reading Max Lerner, the liberal, and the people on the left were not reading George Will, who wrote more from the right. That's right. And the uh, irony the irony here is is that they're really, from my, and I don't have the specific years, but we had essentially about a 65-year run where newspapers attempted the concept of neutrality. They didn't make it. Obviously, human beings do it. Now AI is going to do it. Uh, but before that, newspapers were political organs of either specific candidates. So for instance, the New York Post back in 18 was, was created by Alexander Hamilton as an anti-Jeffersonian newspaper. The Philadelphia Aurora was a Jeffersonian paper that was actually, you know, covertly funded by Jefferson to trash the administration he served in as Secretary of State and Vice President. So, you know, we actually seem to be going back to the very beginning, Bob. It's it's a really significant story. And people, while you're rooting for papers to fail because you're mad at them, we have to consider, look at how corrupt things are now and what's it going to be like if they ain't here. Uh, Bob's book is called um, A Reporter's Life, One Happy Life, A Reporter's Journey, One Happy Life. Bob, thanks so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Bob Rawwich. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. McIntyre in for John and Ken. The John Cobalt Show debuts on Tuesday, and I will be here on Monday as well. And uh, thanks for being with us. Next hour, uh, we're going to update you on the new charges uh, filed against Hunter Biden. And, of course, Joe Biden, President Biden, in town uh, today, which means uh, he loses 100,000 votes because of traffic. So we'll get into all of that next hour, as well as the horrific increase in violent threats against public officials. This is a really big story that I saw on CNN, and it's uh, it's an eye opener and it's kind of scary stuff. So we'll get into all that and hopefully have some fun as well. Um, Ryan O'Neill, you just heard uh, TMZ reporting that Ryan O'Neill has died. The uh, the uh, love story uh, star, one of the stars of Love Story. And uh, if you ever uh, have the uh, incl inclination, uh, check out a film called So Fine with Ryan O'Neill and uh, Jack Warden. Absolutely hilarious. It was sort of a parody of the Jordache Jean, designer Jean phenomenon. And it's uh, very, very funny. Anyway, uh, reports that Ryan O'Neill has passed. Uh, there was an arrest in that bizarre and uh, scary story out in Calabasas, which rarely has. I mean, the only crime that they ever have in Calabasas is when Justin Bieber was egging his uh, his neighbor's house. But uh, this guy from Oxnard apparently had gone down and and punched a uh, a grandfather who was out a 60 year old grandfather was out walking his grandson in a stroller on uh, and and apparently had uh, committed a similar act against a teenager uh, sometime earlier. He was arrested by the uh, the sheriff's department up in Ventura County, uh, Santa Barbara, excuse me. Uh, so we're going to try to get you some more information on that. Anyway, this guy's name, the guy that's been arrested is Angel Sanchez Jr., a 29-year-old resident of Santa Barbara, arrested in Oxnard at uh, 2.15 the other day. And... Uh, they're still not there suspicion of hate crime because the guy that he attacked apparently was Asian and maybe the teenager he had attacked earlier also was. So uh, we'll try to get you more information on that. Uh, this is kind of interesting. You know, uh, a lot of people 
look to their healthcare plan at work to get into shape. A lot of companies will pay for gym memberships as part of their benefits package that they offer. Uh, at KFI, they don't pay for gym membership, but what they did here, and I thought it was very thoughtful, is they sold the elevators. So you have to walk up the stairs to get to the radio station. Anyway, you do what you can. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is a new HR uh, industry report says that employees don't want the gym memberships. What they want is Ozempic. <laughs> yeah, why would you? If these pills really work, apparently they do. Uh, Eli Lilly just won clearance last week for Zepbound, their version of the diabetes drug Manjaro. That will also be specifically marketed, marketed to patients with uh, obesity in coming weeks. And, of course, Wagovi is another one of these things. And Ozempic was the diabetes medication that people discovered uh, cre creates uh, appetite suppression and, and produces significant weight loss. It's really expensive. List prices for the drugs range from $936 a month to nearly $1,350 a month, which seems outrageous until you actually do the math. Because if you start subtracting the pizza deliveries the DoorDash deliveries, and the hot fudge Sundays, maybe it's a push. But the bottom line is these things work, and that's what people want. So take your gym membership and shove it. HR departments, the benefits package we want are more pills. Of course, uh, we want more pills pretty much for everything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tomorrow, which is Saturday, December 9th, I'm going to be out at David K. Books, K-A-Y-E, David K. Books, a wonderful independent store right on Ventura Boulevard in Woodland Hills between noon and 2 p.m. And I'll be signing copies of my novel, Frank's Shadow. And I would love to say hello to you. See you. Come on out. Say hello. And uh, that will be fun. Good way to spend a Saturday afternoon while you're out doing your Christmas shopping. And hey, while you're Christmas shopping... For the readers on your list, nothing makes a Christmas gift like Frank Shadow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another hour. We're going to get into the Hunter Biden charges. And we're also going to talk with Alex Michelson, who had a chat with uh, Gavin Newsom. He's with Gavin Newsom today. So we got lots of stuff coming up next hour. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes... 
you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.